We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through his word, he expresses his plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Moody. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. We just get up straight for God's word. I know you're standing. We're going to sit in a moment once we pray um, this morning. But we are on week three of Heartitudes, and it's beautiful what God has been doing through this season. Um, and I'm just excited about what I'm going to share with you this morning. Hey, drop me, drop me, drop me to my start point. Thank you so much because I've started, okay? Um, they, they, they say, I, I, um, if you're Nigerian this morning, one of the things they say about you is that you ask a lot of questions. They say Nigerians ask a lot of questions. And maybe you're saying, why do they say that? That's just another question uh, right there. Um, they say that Nigerians answer even questions with questions, um, which, to be honest, is okay. Um, where I kind of have a problem is the stupid questions. You know, there are questions that are okay to ask, but there are some questions that are, I just think, silly questions, right? And maybe you've come across that list of silly questions kind of things before that, you know, you're holding a baby, you've rocked the baby, and the baby has closed his eyes and, you know, all of that. Maybe even snoring, and then somebody comes and says, is he sleeping? No. He's practicing how to die, you know. Or, 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 or you, you go to the, to, to the bathroom, and then, you know, you knock on the door, and, you know, it's locked from inside, right? And then, is there somebody there? No. It's poo-poo that locked the door so nobody will come inside and, you know, and stuff. Or maybe you go visiting somebody and you go with a bunch of flowers. And, you know, you, you get there and they're like, ah, oh, are these flowers? No. I brought a wedu. Let's be, let's be picking a wedu together um, this morning. Or, or imagine, imagine, imagine for a moment that you um, see like a big tree fall down, like this really huge tree. And it like just falls down. And... Um, you know, it just lands. And somebody's asking that, is it going to stay there? You know, which is a very foolish thing. Like, no, it's going to stand up and, you know, turn. In the night, when it's tired on one side, it will, it will turn. But guess what? You know, the Bible actually gives a verse about that. That's what I want to preach out of today. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 3, if you think I'm making it up, the Bible says that when the clouds are full of rain, they would empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north. Now, in the place where the tree falls, guess what? You didn't see this coming. There it shall be. It's in the place it fell that it will actually lie. Like, wow, surprise. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's pray. God, thank you so much because you're about to speak to us in a way that is so personal, so simple that we would understand, but so profound that it will make a mark in our lives forever. And God, I just pray that you'll make your word, you just really breathe on it today, God. Let it really cut into our hearts today and just expressly reveal the mind of your spirit to us. We give you the glory. And God, as a church, we pray that my you will not sack their coach. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. Now, before you sit this morning, I want you to tell two people my topic. I'm going to speak to you this morning on what I'm going to call headed for a landing. Headed for a landing. So help me tell that to two people and then get seated. Headed for a landing. All right. If you like who you're next to, you can be seated. If you don't, just keep standing um, and just wave to a host and they'll, they'll, they'll attend to you. All right. So, so, you know, we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 3 just about how 
Um, it's talking about the clouds and clouds filling up and all of that. And then when the clouds are full of rain, um, it will empty itself. And then, you know, in that process of the clouds emptying themselves, you just picture that moment and how the seasons and then the trees are shaking and a tree falls down. And the Bible says, you, you know what, the place where the tree falls is actually the place where it will be. But, but imagine we don't want to see the tree there. Like the tree falls here and I don't want to see the tree there. And what if I want to move the tree? What we're saying, the place where the tree falls is the place where it will be. Um, but but maybe, maybe what we could have done is that we could have backtracked the whole process. And so instead of the clouds filling up to give the rains and the rains forcing the tree to fall and the tree falling and it's lying there, what if there was just never even any filling of the clouds? What if there was never any rain? What if the whole process um, was entirely different? I spent a lot of hours this week watching... Um, I don't know if you followed the whole Carl um, Rittenhouse thing um, in, in the U.S. and all. Anybody? Let's just check who follows things like that in church. Okay. Um, so basically, if you don't know what it's all about, it's a teenager, took a, a gun, um, gunned down a few people. Big question, is it murder? Is it self-defense? All of that. He was acquitted. Um, really feel for the guy. I love the guy. Um, just really do. Um, feel for the people who lost their lives, who lost loved ones and all of that, of course. But, you know, as I was watching a lot of the court proceedings, which were really interesting, and, you know, there's a lot of analysis going on in the moment. Okay, so he's holding the gun. Um, did he intend to defend himself in that moment? Should he have shot? Why did he shoot four times? You know, just a lot of those kind of questions. Um, I'm thinking maybe the bigger question, if we backtrack, is not so much analyzing those split-second judgments. In a split second, um, should I shoot, should I not shoot? I, I don't even know. But maybe if we backtrack, why did he even have a gun? Um, why in the first instance was there even the whole scenario playing out? Um, because what I think I'm trying to say is that we can trigger, we can talk a lot about the trigger pulling moment, but maybe there is something that sets all of that up. Um, and so, you know, in that moment, you know, should I pull, should I not pull? I really don't know about the judgment in the moment, but what I think I'm trying to say is that maybe there was already a whole play out. Maybe there are 10 factors that have led to this moment, that have led to this, and then now we're analyzing in a split second whether, you know, uh, maybe there's a whole framework behind the scenes anyway. And what I think I'm trying to say to us today, if you're wondering, how does this apply to you? I think I'm trying to say that we can either live our lives analyzing every drop of rain that falls on us. You know, like, like a drop of rain falls on you and you're analyzing, why do I want this? I don't want this. You can either live your life looking like that or you can live your life changing the climate. You can live your life affecting the entirety of the climate that even determines whether or not it would rain. Or you can live your life analyzing every drop of rain and whether or not you want it and, and things like that. So here's, here's a question I'm going to ask you. Last week I was asking about what your heart weighs. Here's a question I'm going to ask you today. If I put a hatometer on your heart, what is your heart atmosphere? If I put a hatometer on your heart, what, what would be your heart atmosphere? You see, for all of us, there is a filling up of the clouds that is determining a landing. Uh, the Bible says that when the clouds are full, it, it, it would empty itself and then the tree falls and the tree would land. And so for every one of us, there's a climate that is filling, that is determining where 
the, the tree would land, whether positively or negatively. There's a filling up of the cloud over our lives that determines where the trees are, are landing. Um, and the clouds are filling and pushing a landing of the tree. You know, many, many years ago, um, ten, over 10 years ago, I was traveling to Kano. And so I go to Lagos to catch a flight. Unfortunately, I missed the flight I was trying to catch, so I had to make another booking. And then um, there was an airline that had a flight to Kano and a flight to Kaduna. Kaduna from Kano is maybe roughly two hours by road. Somehow, I, I honestly don't know how to explain what was going on in my mind. Remember, I'm going to Kano, but I booked the Kaduna flight. I opt to go for the Kaduna flight. It's a bit cheaper, but it wasn't really about that. So... Um, why are you opting for a Cardinal flight? I really don't know, but I said, get, put me on the Cardinal flight. I didn't have any means of going from Cardinal to Kano. I didn't have anybody in Cardinal. I didn't, I mean, it was just, but I just booked this flight. And so it was a long wait. I had to wait till about evening in the airport, waiting for the flight. And I remember while we were waiting to board and all, I remember many of the passengers were complaining because the flight had been delayed and many people were complaining about how it's late and when they get home tonight and all of that. And I was telling a, a guy on the line that I'm actually even still going to Kano. And then he's saying, but, but this airline has a flight to Kano. Why don't we just quickly talk to them and let them just switch you to that flight? And I'm like, no, don't worry, let me just stay here. Are you going to do something, Kaduna? I'm like, no, but then why are you? Well, I don't know, but I'll just... I just, I'm just here anyway. And so anyway, we board, we take off, we make a stop in Abuja. And then um, everybody's been ranting, and then we take off for Kaduna, right? Um, and I remember, um, we've been flying for a while, and I was already expecting, like, we should be landing in Kaduna by now. And then the pilot makes this interesting announcement um, that, you know what, the weather in um, Kaduna is really difficult. And so um, I'm about to go and land and wait at the Malam Aminu Airport in Kano. And um, I remember touching down, and I remember the guy in the flight looking at me, you know, like, <laughs> who are you, you know? And I remember I was touching down, and I'm like, hey, you know what, I want to calm down, you know, like, <laughs> and, and all of that. And so they have to even, they want to expect any flights. They had closed the airport for a day. They had to open the entry for me and all of that. I had to go pick out my, my luggage. They had to open it. I had to find that one, get, bring it, you know, and all of that. And, but I remember going away that night and just thinking about how strong a factor atmosphere is in where you land. That atmosphere will determine your landing. Like you can't get beyond it. No matter how much gragra you want to do, no matter how much, you know, if your atmosphere can't take it, you can't land it. And we said a lot about how our atmosphere, our heart determines our lives. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. We've spoken a lot about how out of your heart come the issues of life. We've said a lot about that. But my question today and what I want to ask everybody, if I make a landing announcement on your life, if I say that, you know what, your life is about to land somewhere, right? Or, or a five-year landing announcement or a ten-year landing announcement or a marriage landing announcement or a career landing announcement. If I make a landing announcement on your life, my question is, where is your atmosphere pushing you to land? Um, where are you going to land? Where are you going to land in your marriage? Where are you going to land? And I know you want, oh, I just want to have a great marriage. I want to have a great home and all of that. But what I'm saying is, what is the atmosphere of your heart that determines your life? Where is it pushing you to land? Because at the end of the day, you can't land beyond where your atmosphere takes you. Where are you going to land with your career? 
Where are you going to land with raising your children? Where are you going to land with your future? Where are you going to land? Are you, are you going to land in a place? What does, your, what does your atmosphere look like it's pushing you towards today? Um, are you going to land in a life of consistency and of rhythms and things like that? Are you going to land as a cranky person? Are you going to land as, you know, just some angry person? Are you, where are you going to land if I, if I make a five-year landing announcement on your life? Where are you headed for a landing? Because what I believe today, friends, is that the leaning shows us. The leaning shows us the landing. That the Bible is saying that, you know what, when the clouds are full, they will gather and, you know, it's going to fall down as rain and that the tree is going to fall. And and what I'm saying is that you would see the leaning of the tree that leads to the land. A tree is not going to be leaning that way and then suddenly land this way. No, the leaning will show us the landing. And um, today I want to say that your heart has a leaning. Your heart has a leaning. I don't know how you came to church today. I don't know what season of life you're in, but I'm saying to you today that, do you know what? Your heart has a leaning. Your heart has an inclination. Your heart has a leaning that will tell us the landing, that will tell us where your heart is landing you in the next five years, that will tell us where your heart is landing you in 20 years. Your heart has a leaning, and your leaning would show us your landing. You know, medical science, I told you the other day about how medical science would tell us that heart disease is the leading cause of death in the world. And true to it, heart disease is the leading cause of of death in the world. That's really huge. I was telling you about how in 2020 alone, you know, and we spoke a lot about COVID. The world was shut down because of COVID. But do you know that the number of people that died from heart disease in 2020 is two times the number of people that died from COVID, right? It's it's huge. But 85% of deaths from heart disease actually come from heart attacks. Now, so you start to think that, I mean, it's just sudden, it's sudden, like you just had a heart attack suddenly, but what they would tell you is that a heart attack is not actually that sudden. There was always an unhealthy inclination. It, it, it shows up suddenly, but there was always a leaning towards something, and then it landed, it landed in a heart attack, not just out of the blues, it was leaning in that direction, and then it landed. There was always a leaning. David says in Psalm 141 and verse 4, it says, do not incline my heart to consent to or tolerate any evil thing. David says, do you know what? That God, my heart, David says, I recognize that my heart is leaning in a direction. And the direction my heart is leaning is where I'm going to land. So David says, do you know what? I don't want to be leaning in a direction of consenting to any evil thing. Because if in my heart I'm consenting to evil or tolerating evil, that is where I'm going to land. David says, do not incline my heart to consent to any evil thing or to practice deeds of wickedness with men who plan and do evil. Let me not eat of their delicacies or be tempted by their gain. That, is it possible? Is it possible, friends, that you are like that tree and there's all that evil and I know you come to church and I know you, know you play the part and all of that, but is it possible that there are ropes from what is evil that are tied to you and it's creating a leaning and David says, you know what, somewhere in my heart, I just start to have that kind of inclination towards evil. And so in Psalm 119 verse 112, he says, no, on the flip side of it, this, this, is, this is what you want, that I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. If I put a hatomida on your heart, what is it reading right now? Is it inclining towards performing God's word or is it inclining towards evil? Are you like just a matter of time away from landing in an evil place? Or are you just a matter of time away from seeing a fulfillment of God's word? He says, I've inclined my heart to perform your statutes. Look at it again in Psalm 119 verse 36. Bend my heart towards your instructions and not towards selfish gain. Everybody's heart has a bending, people. 
Your heart has a bending. Is it bending towards God's instruction or is it bending towards selfish gain? He says, bend my heart, incline my heart. Because listen, out of the abundance of your heart, the issues of your life are going to flow. Your heart is going to produce your life. If your heart is bending towards evil, if your heart is bending towards righteousness, it's what is going to produce your life. How many people find it all like a struggle? How many people come to church this morning and, you know, you're worshiping, you're doing the actions on the outside, you're worshiping, you're in a church gathering and all of that, but is it possible that our hearts are bent towards evil, but we are trying to live a righteous life? My heart is bent towards evil, but I am trying to do what is right, and it's just creating that kind of, like, like disorderly thing about my life. I, my heart is bent towards, you know, what they say and the news of the world. My heart is inclined to towards it but i'm trying to live right and listen the bending of your heart the inclination of your heart your leaning is going to determine your landing ultimately it doesn't matter how many hand actions you put out it doesn't matter how many times you show up and all of that if my heart is inclined wrong that's the direction my life is going to go our leaning would always eventually be our landing how many people you want to have you want to have a great relationship. You want to have a great marriage. But somewhere in your heart, it is bent towards something else. And I'm trying to reach for stuff, but there's just that bending towards something else. A bending of my heart towards something else. Um, eventually, your, your leaning will determine your landing. You can ask Samson in Judges chapter 16. And you know the story of Samson and Delilah and how you read it. Let's just take it up from verse 15. And, and Delilah is saying to him, you, you know how she's been asking him, what's the secret of your strength but in verse 15 she says how can you say i love you when your heart is not with me you see what the real target was the real target samson is that we need your heart because if i can get your heart then i can get your life that she says your heart is not with me uh, you have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies now verse 16 is one verse that i believe every christian should have at their fingertips it is foundational it is core it is it is it, it is it is um give me the words give me the words it is it is life um transforming life empowering life delivering life it is a verse for breakthrough give it to me give it to me it is it is everything paradigm shift and it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him that his soul was vexed to death it, it, it wasn't one day it was daily it was daily she pestered him daily give me translations one says that she began nagging nagging it's drip by drip by drip every day she made his life miserable with her questions hey who's dating that don't worry don't worry she made his life miserable with her questions she pestered him until he wished he was dead say leaning give me one more give me one more and because she nagged him day after day every nagging lady in church just waved to jesus because she nagged him day after day with her words and pestered him his soul grew impatient to the point of death. It wasn't a one-day thing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It was a, it was every one more drip. It's every one more drip. It's like how the rain keeps dropping on a spot, dropping on a spot until you start to find that the cement is caving. It's every one more drip. And, and the Bible says that as she began to nag on Samson, his soul grew impatient to the point of death. Doing right. Our leaning will always be our landing. 
But, but you know that in the same way, it, it's the same thing on the flip side. Because maybe you're in church this morning and you say, hey, you know what? I'm trying to do all I know to put God first. And I'm living my life to honor God. I'm walking in a pathway of generosity. I'm doing, you know, just putting God first, living my life, staying right. And, you know, making those tough choices and keeping my disciplines and all of that. And you feel like I don't see all the fruit of it. Listen to me. It's the same way that a leaning creates a landing in the negative. That in the positive, a leaning will also always created landed. Psalm 37 and verse 37, I love it. It says mark the blameless and observe the upright for the future. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. The Bible says, do you know what? You don't even need a prophet. You don't even need anybody seeing a vision over your life. If that man says, you know what? I've made a choice to incline my life as a blameless and an upright man. The Bible says, here is the prophecy over your future. The future of that man is peace that is what God's word says that's where this thing is going to land because I've chosen a leaning in righteousness I've chosen a leaning towards God I've chosen a leaning to walk in the ways of God I've inclined my heart towards God the Bible says the future of that man is peace doesn't matter the economy friends it doesn't matter who is in government the future of that man is peace I say that again it doesn't matter the economy hey I almost broke that it doesn't matter the economy it doesn't matter who is in government the future of that man is peace that our leaning will determine our landing let me encourage people today maybe you're a young person here and you're making those choices and you look around you and you feel man i don't i don't feel like i see the reward of putting god first i don't hey listen if you keep a leaning it will determine your landing it's all a matter of time at some point when that flight is going on you're going to hear those words that this is a landing announcement at some point there is going to be a landing announcement over every god direction there's going to be a landing announcement over every working of god in your life over every process of god in your life there's going to be a landing announcement and the future, are you hearing me today? Come on. The future of that man is peace. My advice for you today, church, is, you know what? Don't merely like directions or hate directions. Choose inclinations. Don't merely hate things or like things. Choose inclinations. Choose a leaning. Don't just wake up and say, ah, I would like to have the idea of a happy family or don't just like it. Choose an inclination towards it. Are you hearing me? Uh, I just ate with all my heart. How can a man beat, beat, beat his, his better half? Don't just eat it with all your heart. Wherever you kept the age. <laughs> Choose an inclination. The very same people that curse it, curse it, curse it are the very same people that in years time walk into those same things. We see it all the time. It's not about how much you hate it. It's about the inclinations of your life. I heard some, some years ago, they ran to me and told me somebody was beating, you know, man of God, he's beating, ah. So I remember, I remember calling him and saying, I heard this, is it true? And these were the words that shocked me the most. He said to me, he said, uh, you know, pastor, I, I had to. When I heard those words, I realized, you know what, there was a heart conditioning that had told him that at some point in the behavior of somebody of the opposite species, certain degree of compulsion needs to be applied to appropriate it as it should be. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? At some point, something in... He said, I had to. You know, there was... It's a leaning. 
And how many people are claiming one thing? Ah, I hate this, so I hate this, but they're leaning towards it. And what I'm saying to you, friends, don't just like things or hate things. Ah, man, this guy, man, I really like, I really like, you know, just the way, don't just really like, incline. Don't hate, don't like, incline. Incline. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, um, I just hate, you know, the way I, 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 I even respond to people. I just don't even like incline, 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 okay? Um, but but maybe, maybe you hear all of this and you say, you know what, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, there are some things that I can't even just do anything about. It's the day and age in which we live. You know, this generation is an evil generation. Uh, do you know what's going on? That, that there are just winds of life that are just blowing me, blowing me. I can't even help myself. I just, you know, it's just like I'm helpless. That everything just happening back to back. The pressure that I'm dealing with, I just find myself inclining in these directions. And there are just voices everywhere. Maybe you're here today and you're honestly just saying things like that to me. That you know, the news is bad. Everything everywhere. Life is crazy. People went normal. No reach five. You know, just. I'm glad you say that, quite honestly, and it's, it's really true. But you know what I would say to you? Um, 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 we live, for example, in Nigeria. If you live in Nigeria, you know it's, it's very hot. Like, the temperature is very hot in Nigeria, right? Right? <laughs> Behind temperature, if you think it's issue size, 39, 41, you know. Temperature is very hot. Especially depending on where in Nigeria, again, if you, like my wife, can't know, you know. 43, you know, things like that. Temperature is hot. And then, again, maybe you're sleeping at night and it's hot and you're just saying, this night, you are gone, everywhere's just hot. Then to, now add to the heat, to add insult to injury. Mosquitoes now come on their mission. And you know, when mosquitoes start dealing with you, you actually have been doing a Greek search lately that is there a root, you know, link in the Bible between the original word of mosquito and of demon? Is there, is there you know, have they just fulfilled their mission and they just... Tormenting your righteous soul. So, so big problems in Nigeria, right? Um, heat, mosquito. But my question, is it everybody in Nigeria that is dealing with heat in the night? Or mosquito? Is it everybody? It's in your house, <laughs> There is a concept called conditioning. Hmm? That you take a room and condition a room. They call it an air conditioner. <laughs> uh, that they say, CNN is saying, Lagos weather is 39. My house is in Lagos, but the weather in my house is my AC that tells me 17. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's called conditioning. Uh-huh. So you can either live your life as, ah, it's just the way everything is, or you can understand the concept of conditioning. So what I want to do today before I close is that I'll just tell you three, three questions that, you know, are conditioning your heart. And we will now be hearing whether you are conditioning your heart to a more favorable temperature or maybe even the one adding heat to your heart today. The first question I'm going to ask you um, is what do you value? What do you value? You see, one of God's first blessings to any human being is that he's going to give you the right sense of value. One of the first things God will do as you walk with him 
He said, will train you into is a right sense of value. And it's not, God will not just first of all come and dump things. Proverbs talks about how, you know, you don't just put a golden ring on the snout of, of a pig. You don't just, you know, God is not just out to just dump. God wants to give you a right sense of value so that even in giving you things and all things, he wants to give you life and all things to enjoy so that even in giving you all things, you even know what is what. God wants to give you a right sense of value. It's one of God's first blessings that he will bring into your life. What do you value? How do you value things? Is everything in your life just about, um, you know, how much? If we have not entered a conversation of, if we're talking, if it has not entered how much, we're not yet talking, you know. Is all value, now money is valuable, don't get me wrong, but is all value money? Um, Is everything valuable about monetary value? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? How do, you, how do you judge your life? How do you even judge a working of God's process? How do you judge what's going on in your heart and in your life? Um, it's all value monetary. Do you, let me ask you, do you earn only in money? Do you earn only in money? If you're today, you say, what do, do you earn only in money? So you look at your life, you just, your birthday is coming, you're just feeling depressed. You say, Why? Say that, yeah, that uh, I'm just looking at myself. If I call everybody in my, in my life and say, everybody, oh, yeah, I want 1,000. I cannot raise 100,000, so I'm a failure. Or, or even if on the flip side you say, I can raise, if I call everybody and I say 10, 10 million, I raise 1 billion. Does one make you a success and one make you a failure? It's all value monetary. That's what I'm asking. How do you value? How does your heart value? This is not a conversation of what you have or what you don't have. Sometimes even just the leaning of your heart. You know how you just look at a news headline, you just say, eh. Ah. Eh. Look at the mirror again. Eh. See, hearts are leaning. And where we are leaning is where we're going to land. There are people here, the only thing you value in this life, let it just be the abroad. Anything you are saying, when you can send me a picture wearing a winter jacket, yeah, we can now even, whatever is even in the heart, I don't even care. Just let white people be behind. What do you value? Listen to 2 Kings chapter 5. You know the story of Elisha and Gehazi. Um, Elisha has just healed Naaman. And in 2 Kings chapter 5, Elisha tells Naaman, Naaman is trying to give him stuff. Elisha says, go. And then the Bible says, Gehazi is like, ah, why did he just go? So Gehazi runs after him. If you take up the story from verse 20, Gehazi says, my master has speared Naaman. I'm not receiving from his hands what he brought. So Gehazi says, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running, he said, it's all well. <laughs> the way, the way Gazi was running to <laughs> what our guy said, everything okay. <laughs> and he said, all is well. But my master sent me, he just gave me one talent of silver, two changes of garments. So Neman said, please take two. And he bound it and all of that. In verse 24, came to the citadel, Gehazi collected it, he released the guys. Verse 25, he went and stood before Elisha. Elisha said, where did you go? He said, your servant did not go anywhere. Then he said to him, did not my heart go with you <laughs> when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? 
is it time to receive money and to receive clothing? Maybe you're here, um, maybe you even do business, maybe whatever you do, sometimes you just need to remember this. You know what the truth is? There are times that it is not time to receive money. There are times it is time to receive credibility. There are times it is time to receive integrity. To receive value that is just not monetary, that will then produce more than you could even ask or imagine. There are times or seasons of your life, some of you are 17, you only tell your mind how much, how much, how much. Sometimes, like I say, money is valuable, don't get me wrong. We all spend money. Um, somebody, maybe somebody said, you know, men's going there. Romance without finance leads to annoyance. <laughs> you know, um, but don't value, don't let your whole life just be built around value. If it's not money, nothing else has happened. Okay. So, what we value creates a pool. It creates a pool on our hearts. We're always leaning towards what we value. Second thing I'll say to you this morning. Hey, let me lie. Second thing I'll say to you this morning. What do you allow? Number one, what do you value? Number two, what do you allow? What do you allow? In a conversation of conditioning your heart, what do you allow? You see, you go into that house where you say there's no mosquito, blah, blah, blah. You see how people invest and structure in these nets and I'm not allowing anything in and I've closed the doors, I've closed this, I've closed, I've closed. It's a lot of discipline, but the big question is what do you allow? Ultimately, the conditioning of my heart is going to look like what I allow. What do you allow? And many times the conversation for us is, you know what, I can allow a lot because I'm strong, you know. I can deal with that. I can allow a lot. In this day and age, I don't have to be as deliberate about what I allow or not because I'm strong. But ask you something. Ask you something. Something will tell you. At the end of the day, a question of what you allow constantly. I just allow the questions. I just allow the nagging. I just allow it. It's just nagging now. I just allow, allow, allow. But drip by drip, the Bible says it gets something to the point of death. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Just the carelessness of what we allow is conditioning your heart towards it. Um, maybe you are here today and you say things like, Hey, I'm, not, I'm a Christian, no. I don't, I don't download porn on my device. But you just allow all kinds of dirty talk in your space. You know, what do you allow? What do you allow? What do you allow? It's, I'm drip by drip by drip. At the end of the day, when things are filling your heart, it's not a question of whether it's you that downloaded or your friend that brought. It's not a question, it's just a question of what got in. Do you understand what I'm saying today? What do you allow? What do you expose yourself to? Where do you put yourself? You're writing exams. Why do you have to sit at the back? Why, why do you just go into an exam hall and just go to the back? Why? You say, I'm not cheating. Why do you go there? Why? Why is that just... I just... I just... I just what do you allow? I'm not copying, I'm just epping. <laughs> what do you allow? Are you, are, you, are you living your life tilted just like, you see, at some point, at some point, this is what everybody has to know at some point, right? When you tilt, it's a matter of time and pressure. It will tilt over. At some point, it will. Are you, do you look like just about to make one more mistake or do you look like I'm inclining my heart towards God's word. What do you allow? Everybody has a pressure limit. Why do you, why do you, why don't you mute that status? And when you mute it, don't go and be checking muted status. 
Why don't you, why, why don't you mute it? Why, wh- why don't you? What do you allow? That's what I'm asking you. There's a reason why the people that invented the thing put mute. They know why. You get why? All right. What do you allow? Are you just tilted till the next time it happens? Is your life like I'm just tilted here? I fell over. Okay, I fell over. You know, I shall stood up and I said, God, sorry. Repentance is not saying God, sorry. Listen, listen well. Repentance is not saying sorry. Repentance is rerouting. Did you hear what I said? Repentance is rerouting. Repentance is not saying sorry. That's what I'm trying to say. It can involve, it will involve saying sorry. But it is not in the thing of sorry that, ah, it happened there, I got sorry. It's not that God is waiting, sorry, okay. Repentance is rerouting. Repentance is you reconsidering what you did, realizing that if I have another chance, I will not take the same steps. That's what repentance is. It's an acknowledgement that I was wrong. And so, what do you allow? The third thing I'm going to say this morning Number one, what do you value? Number two, what do you allow? And just thinking about how, honestly, like I say in this series, I'm really hoping that the Holy Spirit is using these things to just work on our hearts in a personal way. That's, that's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm praying for. Just be speaking to us. The third thing I'm going to say this morning is what do you build? What do you value? What do you allow? But thirdly, what do you build? What do you build? Um, what do you build? When it comes to a heart conversation. It's not just enough to live in the area of allowing or not allowing. Um, we have to come to a place where we are consciously building. You see, a builder is deliberate. A builder is committed. A builder invests. A builder is strategic. A builder is, you know, putting effort in a direction consistently. What are you building into your heart? What are you committed towards putting in your heart? What are you building into the climate of your heart? What are you staying consistent towards? And what I really want to encourage us today, I feel that many Christians are in an area of being headful, headful but heart empty. And today I want to encourage us that we are building from our head into our heart. I, I want to encourage us that we are not just satisfied to be full in our heads but empty in our hearts. You see, at the end of the day, what would change your life as a Christian is not the amount of knowledge you have. What will change your life as a Christian? The end point of knowledge, let me put it this way, the end point of knowledge is not repetition of information. The end point of knowledge is not that you can open your jotters and say, I know this, it was said. The end point of knowledge is that it affects behavior. I'll come again. The end point of knowledge is not repetition of information. The end point of knowledge is affecting behavior. If somebody walks into this room now and says, hey, everybody, the building is on fire, and we're like, eh, okay, and we all sit down and continue. He said, did you hear? We say, yes. He said, what did I say? You said the building is on fire. We have heard. You know, at some point, until we see a corresponding action, that looks like what we have had. You have not really had. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't really know until it propels a behavior in you. The end point of Christian knowledge is not just repeating every church line and every memory verse. It is that we build it into our hearts and that we incline our hearts, that we become a dogged people that know something in our hearts. That is when we are building something. It's not just, you see, unfortunately for Christians, we allow God's word. We don't build it. We just, like if it, we just kind of allow it, uh, if he escapes into my heart, I shall came to church, like, yeah. you know, we don't build. We don't take responsibility. You say, this thing must be more than just something happening in my head. It must be happening in my heart. You know, recently my daughter was, um, my wife, my wife was telling my daughter, okay, my daughter was using a scissor. She picked up a scissors, I think, in our room. And she was using it, basically what, playing with it. And, um, you know, schools, 
and um, love teachers, love what they do and how they try to just inspire children in many ways. And we, the parents, sometimes are the victims. So maybe it's social studies. I don't know what subject they're teaching in that class, whatever class she's in. But my, my, my daughter is five. And so my wife is telling her, um, for me, go and drop that scissors. And um, she's first of all even saying, please. And my wife says, for I said, go and drop that scissors. And then she just says that, but I have a right as a citizen of this country. <laughs> it, it was the boldness and the audacity for me. Like, like, like I have a right as a citizen. Like I believe it in my heart that I'm a citizen of this country as you are. <laughs> and then we had to more accurately explain the concept. And where the citizenship stops. At the door of our house, you know, things like that, right? But it was just that boldness, like I have a right. And I was just thinking if I really believe God's word like that. Like if I really stand, if it's not just a thing in my head, like I walk out of church with a promise of God's peace and, and I go back home and I'm just feeling with peace come, will it maybe? But, but I feel like as a child of God, I have a right to a life of peace, don't you? As a child of God, I have a right to be led by the spirit of God. I have a right not to live my life in confusion. I don't just want it to be in my head. I want it to be in my heart. And I want to be building it. So I wake up and I'm meditating and dwelling on God's word. And I'm saying, God, incline my heart towards your word. Incline my heart. What are you building towards today? Maybe you're here today. Um, as I start landing this morning. Um, my question is, uh, how are you hearted? How are you hearted? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I hear all that you're saying about just, you know, the heart inclinations and how the heart will land. And, you know, that wherever I'm leaning towards is where I'm going to land. But do you know the truth is that I am messed up. I'm headed for a bad landing. Like any landing announcement right now, it is just a crash. Like my life is messed up. I have been exposed to everything. I've made wrong choices and blah, blah, blah. And, and if you just land me right now, like I'm just a time bomb waiting to explode. If you land me, it is... A messed up landing. Maybe that's the way you feel this morning. Maybe you feel this morning like I'm just hearted. Like if there's an inclination of my heart, it is just an atmosphere that tells me I'm going to fail. Everything in me. I, I mean, this church service, you preach you good, do all that you want to say. But you know what? There's that voice in my heart and my head that is just telling me, you know what? You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. You know it. We all know it. You're going to mess up. Like you are, it's just a matter of time. Everybody's going to see just how messed up you are. You're going to disgrace everything. All the trust given to you is going to be messed up. Maybe you're dealing with all those kinds of voices and you're here today and you're working hard and you're doing all you know to do but something in your heart is just inclining towards you know what I'm just a failure I know it like I, I know it I'm not even here in a relationship but I just know I can't even have a happy marriage anyway based on just where I'm coming from I just know I'm hearted towards messing up a voice that just tells you you're going to fail and what I want to say today is if you feel like that tree that the scripture is saying wherever the tree falls that's where it's going to land if you feel like, you know what, my tree is falling and it is just going to fall in a very messed up place. Um, I have good news for you. Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14 and verse 7. The Bible says that, do you know what, there is hope for a tree if it is cut down. So uh, there's this tree that is just falling and we are like, where did it fall? If it's in a bad place, it's over. But the Bible says, no, even if it's cut down, there's hope. Oh, okay, so Job, what are you saying? That it will sprout again and that the tender shoots of it will not cease. But he says there's no such hope for a man. Go on to verse 8 and 9. Though its roots grow old in the earth 
and its stalk dies in the ground. Verse 9. Yet through the scent and breathing of water, the stump of the tree will bud and bring forth boughs like a young plant. And today I just thought, you know what, I wanted to bring a word of hope to somebody who feels like I'm that tree that is cut down in a bad place. That, in fact, right now I've landed in things that I just messed up. I made poor choices. I'm landed in a place that is just not beautiful right now. I'm landed in a place of struggles right now. I'm landed and, and hey, wherever the tree falls, that's where it's going to lie. But the Bible says, you know, there's hope for a tree even if it is cut down. Even if it's falling in that place, the Bible says there is hope for a tree because at the scent, it says just at the scent of water. At the smell of water, the Bible says that it will, it will sprout again and it will bud again. And as I was thinking about that today, I just thought, you know what, Tim, come, I'm done. I just thought, you know what, I know me a savior. I know a savior who, who, who understands what it's like to feel the full weight of a tree that is falling. And I remember that I have a savior. I have a savior, church. I have a savior who took that tree upon himself. And, and as he, he carried the weight of that tree, as he carried the weight of that tree, he didn't just carry it and bounce up a mountain. And in the weight of that tree, he fell under the weight of it. Church scholars believe that he fell at least three times carrying that cross. It was heavy. They call it the three stations of the cross. And as he, as he fell under the weight of the cross and the burden and the weight of all that cross was a cross that was not even his. It was, it was mine. It was my messed up tree. Um, but he didn't just leave it there. He picked it up and um, stood it up upon that hill and didn't just stand it up. Um, he stretched himself out on it and um, died such a gruesome death and um, as he gave up his spirit and ended it all they came to him in John 19 and verse 34 and the Bible says that when they saw he was dead they pierced his side and the Bible says that as they pierced his side with a spear immediately blood and water came out and today I just believe that Jesus wants to make a statement to somebody. Because there is blood that speaks for all that you did. There is blood that speaks as mercy. There is blood that paid a price for all that is in your past. There is blood that says that you don't have to live in the condemnation of what happened. And of all your wrong and all of that. But I just find it interesting that the Bible says it wasn't just blood that came out of his side. But blood and water came gushing out. And in that moment, I believe that Jesus is offering people who say, yes, I have a cut down tree and even I know I'm forgiven, but there's just no hope ahead. And Jesus is saying, do you know what? I'm not just speaking blood over your past, but I'm giving you water. Because he said at the scent of water, that tree is going to sprout up again. And Jesus is saying, hey, this is not just the smell of water. This is not just a scent of water, but right on that cross, he poured out blood and upon that tree, he poured out water. And as I see the water gushing out on my tree, I'm like, that's the smell of water that I need and I have a hope and I have a future and it doesn't matter what's wrong and what's past and what's behind me there is a lifting up of my eyes that this tree that feels like it was messed up and falling in a wrong place can stand up and sprout again because of who Jesus is to me and today I just want to encourage somebody maybe you've made poor choices maybe you've made mistakes maybe your heart is inclined in all the wrong ways maybe it's things they did to you maybe it's things you did yourself really doesn't matter but I'm asking today for people who say you know what I'm not in a good place I, I know that the climate of my heart is inclined wrong but I'm saying today that there is a savior who poured out water and, and guess what when he was going he gave the promise in John 7 he said he that believes in me out of his belly will flow rivers of living 
water. This he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit. Do you know that he has given us a spirit that he likens to water? And he says we can hold this promise every day of our lives that there is a sound of water. There is a gushing of water. Doesn't matter where your tree is down and dead. There is a sound of water. That tree can bud again. I, I want to speak to people today dealing with a voice on their heart. I want to speak to people dealing with a wrong climate on their heart. I want to speak to people this morning who say I'm leaning in every wrong way. I want to speak to you today and say because of Jesus, because of Jesus, there is a sound of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a sound of hope over your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a sound of hope over your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful for a Savior that gives me hope in my future. I'm so grateful for a savior because, hey, come on, if it's down to any one of us, we've made poor choices that lean us in every wrong way. We've made poor choices that have landed us in every wrong place. But because of Jesus and because of that water, because of that water, because of Jesus and because of that refreshing smell and sound of water, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we can live our lives full of faith, full of hope. I can have a right conditioning over my heart. I am hearted to win. I am hearted for God's purpose. I am hearted to thrive in the plan of a good God for my life. I am hearted with a sound of victory. I am hearted to make it through every tough season. I'm hearted to be restored in all God's plan and purpose for my life. Because of Jesus, there's a sound of victory. If you're not standing, stand with us this morning. We're going to worship. And we're just grateful because Jesus is a sound of hope over our lives. Amen, anybody. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, I'm going to make an invitation in a moment. But I just want us to have an atmosphere of worship this morning. Let there be a river. Let there be a gushing of water. Let there be a sound of hope over every dead leaning tree, over everything gone wrong, over everything messed up. Let there be a sound of water this morning. In Jesus' name, come on, let's worship. trusting God to do in this series is to do a work in our hearts not just something to recite in your head but something to happen in your heart if I could check the climate of your heart today just where is the weather of your heart pushing you towards um, is there just like a hurricane of the world and all of that just pushing you towards just the pressure of a generation um, 
just overwhelming you? Do you need today to say, Jesus, I need just the force of your love to just breathe in my heart. I want to be hearted towards the purpose of God for me. I don't want to be lifting hands in worship but inclining towards the works of evil. I don't want to be trying to do what is right with my hands but my heart is inclining towards a voice of wrong. I want a heart and a hand that is stretched in a God direction. I really need the power of the Holy Spirit to be pushing me. And it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, where you are this morning, what's going on in your world. It doesn't matter how many times you've tried and failed. Um, today it's just about your yieldedness. To so say, Holy Spirit, I need you to condition my heart. I need you to lead me to condition my heart right. So as an act of surrender, if it's fine, I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I believe there are people under the sound of my voice that God is speaking to in some way or the other. As an act of surrender, if you would lift your hands and talk to the Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm not preaching just for your head. I need the Holy Spirit to do something in my heart. I came to church today and I need the Holy Spirit to do something in my heart. I, I hear voices. I, I deal with voices. I deal with doubts. They're so strong. I deal with a voice just telling me I'm going to bottle up. I'm going to mess up. And it's, it's creating a leaning. And the Bible says Samson, bit by bit by bit by bit, till the day came when the pressure was too much. I don't want to be a time bomb waiting to explode negatively. I want it bit by bit by bit to be adding up in hope and in faith towards God's call and God's purpose over my life. And so I just want people yielding their hearts where you are. If you would hold out your hands and say, God, 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 this is me. This is my heart. Do surgery on me, God. This is me. <laughs> this is me. This is my heart, God. I'm yielded. I am laid down. Whether you're online or you're in this building, you know what? It's not a good message because you hear the points. It's a good message because you can respond in faith and you can yield your life to it. Uh, where are you going to land if I made a landing announcement over your life? Where are you going to land if I made a five-year landing announcement? It's not just about wishing. It's not just about I like or I hope. Um, but, but where are you going to land? Where are you inclined towards landing? And today, maybe you need the Holy Spirit to say, yeah, your sense of value is totally wrong. Let's work on it. Let's work on it. Let's work on it. Let's set you right on the inside so we can set you right on the outside. Where are you going to land? Have you made an idol of things? Have you made an idol of seasons of your life? You're just living for what people think of you. How far, how far are you going to run down that lane? You're just living for what people said. Um, Somebody told me I can't make it. I'm living my whole life to prove them wrong. Okay, when you prove them wrong, then what happens? How far are you going to go down that lane? Um, but would you hear today just that his sweet invitation? A savior who says, come on, this is a sound of hope over your life. This is what you were made for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I just thank you. I thank you because you're working in every heart. Thank you just for these moments of yieldedness, God, that you're working in hearts. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Have a free course in every heart. Thank you for the miracle of your presence. 
if we can all stay standing i want to make an invitation somebody came to church today and you're not in the right place with god through jesus you see there's only one way you can be made right it's not by guessing around it's not by hustling around there's only one way you can be made right with god it's by consciously surrendering the lordship of your life to jesus don't know who you are or how you came about being here everybody's standing because we honor your right to choose jesus we honor your right to make a decision we want to stand with you this is your family not a crowd we want to identify with you i don't know who you are or how you got to be here this morning but my question is can you boldly say that you are in the right place with god can you boldly say there's only one way it's through jesus if anybody here has a right standing it's because we did this we we laid it down we surrendered to jesus we put our faith in jesus to save us and if you say you know what you're speaking to me i'm not right with god i'm living in the guild of sin i'm messed up i need to be forgiven i need a savior welcome to church welcome to family i would love to lead you in a prayer or if you say i've made this decision at some point in my life but as we speak today you know that you have walked away you're not in the right place with god you know what i want to lead you in a prayer where you are right there everybody bow your heads close your eyes i want you to put your hand on your chest i'm going to count to three if you say you're speaking to me i need to be made right with god are you ready one two three put your hand on your chest god bless you miracle 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 everywhere god bless you god bless you anybody else want to join in if you're online also i want you to join in in this moment put your hand on your chest let him see you let him know you his presence is with you right where you are god bless you thank you for your sincerity everybody everybody making that decision today god bless you god bless you anybody else in the room god bless you god bless you thank you thank you for your sincerity today god bless you it's a miracle happening in your life it's a miracle happening in your life. God bless you. You know what? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If your hand is in your chest, we're all going to say this together because this is a family, not a crowd. We want to stand with you, all right? But let's all say these words together. And if your hand is in your chest, know that God hears your voice and, he, and he's welcoming you home today. You, you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth unto salvation. Can we all say together, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son Jesus. So I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's the savior of the world. So I believe he died that death so that I can truly live. Say today, I give everything to follow you. Please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. So I will live for you. I'll stand for you. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your spirit. And I'll never be the same. Say, wash me clean by your blood. Say, I'm a child of God. And one day, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven right now. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? Congratulations to everybody who prayed that prayer. A miracle just happened in your life, and we're so excited about it. Congratulations. You just did the right thing. We pray for you every week, and this is a miracle that just happened. You know what? This is not better to best. This is not bad to good. This is dead to life. This is, this is a new life in Jesus. Amen. Can we just thank God one more time and congratulate everybody in this building and I believe online who prayed. 
That prayer. You know what? As a family, we want to stand with you if you pray that prayer. We want to stand with you. We want to support you. We want to be praying for you, all right? So on your way out of the building this morning, if you are in the building, there's going to be some of our team waving a little book. It's a Fresh Life devotional. All you need to do, tell one of them, I pray that prayer. They would give it to you. It's free of charge. It's a gift from our church. They would love to know how they can pray for you, how they can support you. If there's online, there's how you can send to us. And we'd love to send you help in every way that we can. Congratulations once again. We are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We really hope you found it to be a blessing. To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpemudi, please visit our website, www.sycamore.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sycamore Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sycamore underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services. 